Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. show is sponsored in part by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. My name is Avery Newport. Welcome into the show today. Uh, no Spencer, Nick, and Colin here today as they are all participating in the Martinsburg uh, football program golf tournament today. So instead, I'm joined by my co-host, who is the co-host of the Highly Disputed podcast and a fellow part-time employee here at Talk Radio WRNR, Mr. Dylan Bishop. Dylan, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Really excited to be here with you, Avery. Just the two of us. I know. Just uh, just two of us today on the show. No Spencer, Nick, and Colin. So, you know, I think we're, we're holding it down so far already. You know, didn't blow up the studio or anything today. So. Yeah, we don't have them babysitting us in the studio. So exactly. we'll see how it goes for the rest of the hour. But uh, I think we're going we're gonna to do all right. We're going to do all we're, right. Yeah, I think we're doing... I think we'll be fine. So... <laughs> We got a lot to talk about today. Very busy show. Uh, I, I'm sure is if you watched the show yesterday, if you listened, Spencer touched on a lot of topics that uh, we couldn't get to because there was a lot of stuff in the sports world yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about NBA Finals Game 3 from last night. Some more news about Deshaun Watson and the Browns. And uh, one of the best receivers in the NFL gets an extension as well. But first, let's, uh, let's stay local. Let's talk some Shepard Rams basketball. Yesterday on the show, we interviewed Julie Kaufman, who's the new head coach for the women's basketball program. And uh, there's some breaking news with the women's basketball program, Dylan, that uh, if you want to go ahead and break to our audience right here, just start it off right now. Go for it. All right. So just three minutes ago, got this out on the Highly Disputed Twitter account, at Disputed Highly, and we'll break it here on the news uh, right now. Uh, We saw... Coach Julie Kaufman on the show yesterday, and she went down the list of who's left on the roster, and I noticed a notable omission that she did not mention the return of Mackenzie Freeze to the Shepherd Rams basketball team, and that's not something that I expected, so I dug in a little bit, and I got some information, and I have learned that Mackenzie Freeze will, in fact, be transferring from Shepherd to join Coach Jenna Eckleberry at Frostburg State University, as well as assistant coach Marley McLaughlin. Yeah, so you heard it right here first, folks. On the sports mix, Mackenzie Freeze, no longer a Shepherd Ram. She will be heading to Frostburg State to join her head coach, Jenna Eckleberry, and one of her former teammates in Marley McLaughlin. So that's a big loss for Shepherd, just right off the bat, first thoughts, first reaction. Um, You know, I, I think there's a chance for her to be the starting point guard on the team next year if she were to return. And uh, losing her, that's a big loss. I mean, Shepard's going to have to fill that that starting point guard spot now, especially without Abby Beeman, who transferred a a couple weeks ago. And uh, now the heir apparent is also gone, too. Yeah, uh, Mackenzie Freeze is someone that I had pinpointed, even in the uh, shortened COVID season, or just when they only played a couple of games when she was a freshman. I saw a lot of promise uh, what she could do off the dribble. She had a good floater game in the mid-range. And I saw something there that I thought could have been expanded on into her upperclassman years once Abby Beeman moved on, once Marley moved on, and she got more minutes. And I had even spoken with 
Last year's assistant coach, Josh Medina, he was in agreement with me. He, he saw a lot of potential in Mackenzie Freeze. Yeah. So for them to lose uh, her when she was one of the players, really one of the only three potential returning players at this point that we had that had gotten a, you know, any sort of significant number of minutes. Right now you just have Megan Shipley and Kara Miner, who are really the only returning players who got much of any minutes. Then you have Sydney Bowles, who got some sporadic minutes here and there. And then it's really just underclassmen who are coming back who would really only get the game in the game in garbage time, really. Yeah, yeah. so... It's going to be a new team, and there are going to be a lot of players in new roles next year. I think that's pretty evident right now. Um, and Coach Kaufman has a, a pretty tough challenge ahead of her to try and build around the rest of this roster and see what they can do to uh, put a team together for next year. I mean, the two of us are, are pretty involved with Shepherd Athletics, I would say. I was the play-by-play announcer for a couple of years. You, of course, have hosted your podcast for quite some time, too, so... You know, we, we've seen the best of what Shepherd basketball can do, and I think I think we can both agree that it's going to be kind of a, a rebuilding year for for the women's program, at least. Yeah, it really is going to be. And should mention also, this isn't we're not breaking this news, but it was announced uh, on Twitter yesterday that Olivia Tolland, who was a Shepherd basketball recruit uh, commit, is also joining Coach Eckleberry at Frostburg State. So they have a big contingent of former Shepherd Ram players or commits or coaches. They're the Frostburg State Rams. Exactly. The Frostburg, whatever their, their mascot is. They're yeah. the Rams now. <laughs> yeah, they might as well be. Yeah. So that'll be a very interesting uh, year, especially since Coach Kaufman said that she's really focused on getting in freshmen yeah. for filling out the rest of the roster, that she's not going to try to pack it in with transfers. Uh, so she wants players that she can spend all four years with mostly. So definitely a rebuilding year for the women's team. Right. Well, you know what? I think it provides some good opportunities for some of the younger players to prove themselves and to make an impact. You know, we were talking yesterday about Megan Shipley, who is a starter as a true freshman last year on the Rams. I'm, I'm assuming that she will have a pretty big responsibility on this year's team being the person who has returned the most experience, I think, just in terms of being a starter and uh, and having that responsibility. With that said, I think she is going to be a more integral part of what the team is trying to do this year. But I think having some older players like Kara Miner returning, I think we'll, we'll kind of steady the ship a little bit. But again, it's going to be a completely new team. They're going to have to rely on a whole bunch of new scorers. Of course, their, their top three scorers from last year are all gone due to one reason or another. So that that's going to be a big loss, and I think that uh, Coach Kaufman is going to have some work to do to try and, and find who those next players are going to be for them to step up. Because again, as we've, we've touched on before, this is a highly prestigious program at Shepard now. This is a program that has been to the NCAA tournament. Coach Eckleberry had a really successful run here in her time as head coach. And... Um, you know, I don't think the pressure is on this year just because of how much roster turnover there is. But I think definitely in a couple of years, there's going to be that expectation that, you know, you grow the young players here, you develop them, and they're going to be successful. And that, that's going to require some PSAC tournaments, some, some NCAA berths down the road at some point. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see the development of Kara Miner as uh, she grows into a bigger role in more minutes because I think there's some potential there. She's. A taller player who was able to play some of that backup center 
minutes last she's year. She's got that stretch four kind of capability. She can hit threes, you know, so I'm, I'm curious to see how she's utilized in this offense. Yeah, I'd like to see what she can add to her game, if there's any post moves or any sort of like off the dribble stuff, because she's a fairly athletic player sure. for her size, for her height. So it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, she's focusing more on the post game or if she focuses more on the off the dribble becoming more of a perimeter player. Yeah. So I think that'll be very interesting to see. Yeah. So those are the uh, those are the breaking news stories surrounding Shepherd basketball. Um, but you know what? I, I got a good first impression from Coach Kaufman yesterday. I think she's got a good plan of what she wants to do with the team going forward. And uh, I, I got nothing but positive vibes, I guess, about where this, this team is going. I definitely did, too. I thought she had a good vision in, in play. Not going to try to rush things, try to get in a bunch of players that might only spend a year or two here right. from the transfer portal. She's really Again, focused on the long term. She knows that she's got a long term uh, building plan yeah. ahead of her. And for a first time head coach, because she's never been a, a head coach in college before, there can be a lot of pressure just inheriting a program like this and this being your first you know big time head coaching job having to replace almost half the roster but I, I didn't get that sense that she was overwhelmed or anything by it I think she had a pretty clear plan of how she wanted to build the team and uh, that instills a lot of confidence in me anyway that that she's going to be uh, she's ultimately going to prove to be the right hire for the job but Again, she hasn't coached yet, so you know the jury's still out. But uh, at least from from yesterday, anyway, the the signs are all good from from my perspective. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. So, well, that that's really all we have for this uh, this opening segment of the sports mix, and uh, it is brought to you by Hagerstown Ford. Let me get my uh, my reads up here. Hang on a second. There we go. Hagerstown Ford revolutionizing the car buying experience. There we go. Still getting everything together here. Segment brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you, and if you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. On the other side of this break, we'll get into NBA Finals talk. Game three was last night, and the Celtics were able to find a way to get it done at home. We'll break it down and give you all the information you need to know next on the Sports Mix. into your arms days of Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. We've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepherd Rams quarterback Tyson Bajant. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axel Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. 
At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck, because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit, right off Route 11, is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Avery Newport, Dylan Bishop here with you today on this Thursday afternoon. And uh, there was a big game last night in the NBA. Game three of the NBA Finals between the Celtics and the Warriors. Celtics get the win at home. 116-100 to was the final score. And uh, I think that was a much-needed win for the Celtics, especially after how game two went. Um that was really, uh, I think, a necessary win for them to kind of get back in the series and build their confidence up from uh, their Game 2 performance. Yeah, I think coming into this series, I, I had said it on the show, I believe, last Thursday when we were previewing Game 1, that I thought that the Celtics were the better team on paper. But I had picked the Warriors to win in seven games because I thought that they were just a little healthier, they were a lot more experienced, and they had, you know, the home court advantage and things like that where you just, there was this little ticks here. I thought the Warriors were good enough. These are the two best defenses in the NBA. Right. So. Well, you can throw the Mavericks in there too. I mean, they were top three, but yeah, continue. Yeah. So when it comes to the Celtics, I thought that, you know, Robert Williams was coming off of these injuries and like Marcus Smart in game seven that wasn't quite himself against the Heat. And Jason Tatum had aggravated his shoulder a few times. So all these little nicks and things were adding up to where I thought, give the edge to the Warriors. They've been here before. Even though the Celtics might be the better team, they might not come up big the way that they could. Then game one comes around, and I think, "Uh uh-oh, the Warriors are really in for a series here. Right. Because the Celtics came out with a good game plan, and they showed that they can take this team that looks better on paper and turn it into... Uh, victories and then you see the Warriors they make their adjustments and I thought that one of the keys of the series was are the Celtics going to be able to make their right adjustments that was one of the reasons that I picked the Warriors was it's like I know that the Warriors can make the adjustments necessary I know Steve Kerr one of the best coaches of all time at this yeah, point he's been doing this for eight years now you know he's he's always been making adjustments on the biggest stages and most of the time they work right and we get the game three last night and coming out of that game, I'm thinking the, Celt- the Celtics are going to win this series. Yeah. <laughs> it sure looked like it. I mean, that first half, first quarter especially, I mean, the, the Warriors kind of you know, fought back a little bit in the second. But that first quarter was pretty clearly in favor of the Celtics. They were hitting their shots. They were up by 11 at the end of one. And I, I, I was watching it and thinking that 
this was a, a more confident team than we saw in Game 2. They were making their shots. Their offense was a little more in rhythm. And by the first half, anyway, they what, they were up like 15 at one point, I think? I mean, they had a pretty sizable lead for most of that first half, but we talked about it yesterday, and I think this is still an issue that they got to work through. Their third quarters are just not... They're not good enough. I know I'm complaining after they won a game, so <laughs> I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't even be saying this, but I, I think their their third quarter they had a big lead going into the second half, and just the Warriors did the Warriors thing where they would go on a run. Clay Thompson hit a couple good shots. He looked good last night too, by the way. After a couple lackluster games to start the series, I think he really he found his stroke. Whatever was missing. He, for the most part, he 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 got it all together. So he had a good game. You know, the Warriors went on their patented run and made it close. They had the lead at one point in the third too. So that that's an issue. Even though they, you know, the Warriors uh, or the Celtics, excuse me, they were able to hold them to only eleven points in the fourth. I think that was partially due to Steph's injury that he suffered towards the end of the the game and. Maybe that kind of taking some of the air out of the Warriors as a whole. But even in a win, that kind of third quarter in a game that was pretty clearly looking like it was going to be a blowout. You know, the the Celtics had a pretty significant lead. You can't let the Warriors come back. You can't let them make it that competitive. I mean, they they went from having a 15 plus point lead to losing in in the third quarter. I, I, you know, with that said, though, they did close out the game on a strong note and they were able to clamp down defensively. Robert Williams looked great in the fourth quarter. Had a couple of huge blocks. And uh, as I mentioned, too, that Steph injury could be significant. It could be. But it'll be really interesting because, I mean, if we see that develop and he is limited in any kind of capacity, this might be over because yeah. the the Warriors have been relying on Steph Curry so much in this series. He's played three fantastic games so yeah, far. He's been phenomenal. But. Yeah, as they have in many of the finals. Like, you know, some people will, you know, criticize what Steph Curry's done in the finals, but in all of his finals games combined, he has been averaging 26, 6, and 6. Right. So, I mean, yeah. uh, a lot of times it's it might just, you know, here and there have his little stretches that he struggles in. But in general, you mentioned Robert Williams looked great Amazing. last night yeah. and apparently he said in the pre- post game press conference that he had changed up his routine for how he treated his knee that's been bothering him lately and that was part of the reason that on the show yesterday i said that they should go to less robert williams and yeah. more of Derek white or peyton pritchard or small even, ball even great williams and they did that at one point about four minutes into the game they took out robert williams and they went to that small lineup of putting in Derek White and having Al Horford at center. And that's when they grew their lead from, I believe, 8 to 15. Right. So it looked good for a while. I believe that lineup in general, though, was minus 10 for the game, that that small lineup of Al Horford at center with Derek White as another guard. But in general, once Robert Williams got back in the game and they kind of rotated the bigs in and out, they were play- they still played with one big you know, more often than not, or maybe they had Grant Williams at the four, and Al Horford at or Robert Williams at the five. So a smaller lineup. They didn't play a lot of Horford and Williams together until the end of the game, the fourth quarter, and they were able to grow the lead back out. And that was just Robert Williams playing incredibly well in that right. fourth quarter. So whatever he's whatever he did yesterday or in the last two days to make sure that his knee was feeling right, it absolutely it worked. worked. It totally if, worked. <laughs> if if we get that Robert Williams for the rest of the series, 
I think the Celtics win the series. Yeah, totally. And there was a scare, too, at some point. I, I don't know if it was in the third or the fourth, but like it looked like he might have tweaked his knee again. Like Somebody hit him towards the baseline uh, when he was trying to get a rebound, and he, he was kind of limping a little bit. I think he shook it off, whatever it was. Um, you know, it, it wasn't an issue towards the end of the game, but... Yeah, I mean, he, he was dominant. He had a, a really good defensive fourth quarter. And uh, honestly, that was one of the decisive, you know, things that happened in that game for the Celtics to really kind of pull away and and control it. So, yeah, good win for the Celtics. They now lead the series two games to one. And uh, they got another tough one coming up. I mean, even with Steph potentially being injured, we don't really know kind of what his status is yet I, I don't think there are any updates on uh the severity of it or if anything has even really been released yet right uh, I believe Steve Kerr said that they would find out more today so yeah. in the press conference yesterday so I think that'll be interesting to watch I have to mention that Draymond Green did not play well oh, yeah. on either end of the floor yesterday I mean part of his the triple defense. single as it's called <laughs> yes so he had what two points four rebounds three assists, three assists on yeah. one of four shooting oh of two from three-point range and he fouled out he fouled out with like five minutes left and you know I think that kind of I mean not that he was really all that important in that game to begin with but that kind of put the cherry on top of the the cake of like not really impacting the game that much right so they got minutes left he was tossed yeah they got that big performance from Clay Thompson he had 25 points on uh, 7 of 17 shooting to go with Steph Curry's 31 points making a the two of them combining for 11 three-pointers. But, I mean, they didn't get much else from the rest of their supporting cast. Jordan Poole only had 10 points, and then the rest of the bench only combined for eight. You had Otto Porter having six points on two of three shooting. I mean, he probably should have played more than 21 minutes. Gary Payton the second probably should have played more than 11 minutes after the great defense he was playing in game two. Iguodala came back, too. He missed game two, so he was, you know, he, he got some limited time. Yeah, and Kavon Looney probably needs to play more minutes. He only played 17, and yeah. if we're going to see more Robert Williams because of how well he played in Game 3, yeah, exactly. Kavon Looney's going to have to play more out there. Andrew Wiggins was 1 of 6 from 3 in 40 minutes. Yeah, That's just not going to be good enough. And, of course, Draymond Green, the way that he played, they're absolutely not going to win the series if Draymond's playing like that, right. which I wouldn't expect. I mean, Draymond should probably have a bounce-back game. And then we got to mention that Marcus Smart went off for 24 points, 8 of 17 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, 7 rebounds, 5 assists as well, and a great game from Al Horford who had 11, 8, and 6. Jason Tatum had 9 assists. I saw something yesterday that uh, Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Smart are the first three teammates to both have, to all three have 20-plus points, 5-plus rebounds, and 5-plus assists in a single finals game in like 40 years i believe it was since the lakers in 1984 with okay. kareem magic and michael cooper there you go so yeah i mean look you know and that that stat doesn't tell you that jason tatum even though he had 26 and and played pretty well most of the night he only shot nine of 23 like he didn't have a super efficient shooting night just three of nine yeah. from the the from three so even on a night where where he wasn't at his very very best uh, they still got some solid performances from their other two, you know, top tier players, and that was able to put them over the top. Marcus Smart had a great game, uh, you know, his best game since game one. Game two, he was almost non-existent out there, but he really had a great bounce back game. Hit three of seven threes, and uh, Jalen Brown was the leading scorer. So, 
look, I, I made the point yesterday that if they only get production from Tatum and Brown, it's going to be really hard for them to win the series. Yep. But just maybe it was the home crowd. Maybe they were just juiced up by having their own fans there, which there was a little controversy about the, the Boston <laughs> fans, if you heard. I'm sure you did from uh, – from Clay Thompson, who I think in his presser after the game was uh, a little less than satisfied with the uh, uh, warm reception, you can call it, from the Boston fans at TD Garden. I think he said that they were uh, using a lot of expletives and just generally not being all that welcoming. A Boston crowd? That Never. Doesn't, that doesn't what? sound like them. No. That doesn't sound like Boston at all. I They're can't. the classiest fans in the world. Come on. They, Famously. They never. They would never do anything like that. Them and Philly, the classiest fans. We Everyone knows Everyone knows this. Yeah. But yeah. Those nine assists from Jason Tatum were very important, I think, because Huge. I believe, uh, don't have the stat in front of me, but I believe I heard that the Celtics are something like 14-2, and 13-2, when Jason Tatum has more than six or seven assists in a game. So, And it basically, it's that and the turnovers. Yeah. If the Celtics don't turn the ball over at more than an average rate, They, I believe they are 13-2 and two when they turn it over less than 16 times. So as long as they don't turn the ball over and give the Warriors those easy transition points, and they are still able to spread spread the floor out give Tatum space to facilitate, especially if his scoring isn't as efficient as right. it is at times. And as Jalen Brown, if Jalen Brown continues to be the MVP of the series, I, the Celtics are, I think they're going to win this series. They're I still good, think it's going to be a long shape. one. I yeah. think it's still going to be a long one, six or seven games. Well, the, you know, I, I think a lot of the outcome of the series kind of hinges on what Steph Curry's status is going to be. I'm yeah. sure... It didn't look all that serious just from watching it live. I mean, it was a no. loose ball that he dove for, Al Horford dove for it too, and I think Horford kind of, like, he was pinned underneath Horford's leg. So that might have, you know, it, it didn't look too serious. He was able to walk it off, um, and he played the rest of the meaningful minutes anyway in the fourth until all the starters were pulled for the most part. But definitely have to keep an eye on that because – if his status is a little more up in the air than we thought, if it's a little more serious than we thought, and he might have to miss a game, that's going to be huge because Boston's going to be at home for this game on Friday, Game Four, and it's if quick Steph, turnaround, only one day off. Yeah, true. And with this series being the way it's been, they've had multiple days off in between games, so he's not going to have a ton of time to heal up either. So certainly something to keep an eye on. They they might have to lean a little bit more heavily on Jordan Poole on on Clay. Maybe even see Jordan Poole ascend into the starting lineup if, if Steph can't go. But again, that's all speculation at this point. Yes, I think even if he plays and he's limited, that might do it for the Warriors. They might still be able to take it uh, far into the series. But if Steph is not going to be at 100% and he's limited anyway, so far they have needed great performances from Steph Curry in all three games to keep it close. Right. And they were not able to keep it close, especially in the fourth of game one. And yesterday it didn't get the job done either so that's big that's huge and so we're, we're definitely going to keep our eyes on that see what Steph Curry's status is for game four but game four of this series will tip off at 9 p.m. from the TD Garden in Boston on Friday on ABC and uh, that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix and it's brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, family-owned and operated, located on 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, 
We'll talk some NFL news, more news about the Browns' new quarterback, Deshaun Watson. And uh, the Walmart Air is buying the Denver Broncos for a pretty hefty price. We'll talk about that, too. Plus, Cooper Cup gets an extension. That's more next. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers, and I'm hoping for rally. I can see my baby Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute offers world-class heart care close to home. Our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques, and that's why we're expanding our services to every corner of our region so you don't have to travel far to receive the great specialty care you deserve close to home. We're now accepting new patients at all four convenient locations in Martinsburg, Hagerstown, Shepherdstown, and Winchester. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, world-class heart care close to home. Panhandle Printing and Design is your full-service local print shop. With over 50 years of combined experience, we know how to handle all of your printing and design needs. We can handle anything, from small business cards to wrapping large vehicles. Our in-house design team can do it all. As a staple of this community, we love helping people promote their events, businesses, and anything they're passionate about. Envision, create, and bring your ideas to life with Panhandle Printing and Design. Not sure where to go or who to trust with your flooring project? And start with Trips Flooring, proudly serving the area for more than 25 years. Specializing in floor sanding and refinishing, along with installation of new flooring, including hardwood, tile, vinyl, laminate, carpet, and the hottest trend in flooring luxury vinyl, tile, and luxury vinyl plank. Are you on a budget? Check out their warehouse, cash and carry, or call 304-229-7009, or visit them online at tripsfloorsanding.com. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to today's edition of the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. And, uh,. We've got some a lot of NFL news actually to cover on today's show. Three big stories. Uh, I think two of them actually were on the docket yesterday for today's show, but we were not able to get to them because uh, we had two uh, guests on the show that we were interviewing, but we'll talk about them today. The first big story, and uh, this is definitely a big one, uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson saw at least 66 massage therapist over a 17-month period. That was detailed in a new report by the New York Times. Uh, I'm not just saying this as a Ravens fan, and Dylan, I know you're a Ravens fan too, so you can provide some input on this. But, and I say that because the Browns are our division rivals as Ravens fans, but I I genuinely don't believe that Deshaun Watson should ever play football again. <laughs> I mean, just hearing those those the testimonies and hearing about all the allegations and everything that's detailed in this report from the Times, 
I don't know why you'd want to have the guy as your quarterback. I mean, it's just, it's it's terrible PR at this point. He's clearly engaged in a repetitive pattern of predatory behavior for quite some time. And yeah, obviously he's a good quarterback, but I, I'm sorry. I just cannot, like, I can't excuse anything that he's been doing and that he's been accused of so far. And, and these are credible accusations. Yeah, at some point it just becomes a a, a numbers game where it's like they're... I can't reasonably go out and assume this many people separate of each other are trying to, you know, collaborate some sort of conspiracy against a, a guy like this. Where I mean, it's what Occam's Razor. The most simple solution is likely is the most likely. Yeah. So, I mean, if I were the commissioner of the NFL, if I were Roger Goodell, he would never he would never touch a field. He would never see any sort of. NFL locker room or anything ever again and there are players who have done far like I personally think that there are players who have done things that are less significant than this that have gotten worse punishment I mean of course the NFL hasn't concluded their investigation yet so the the, you know it's still determined as to what his punishment is going to be but he's not being criminally charged in Texas so that's something to keep in mind but Look at a player like Calvin Ridley. There's the whole controversy last, uh, however many months ago it was, about him taking a, a, a step away from football from the Falcons, and no one knew why. And it turns out that there's this whole gambling situation with him where he was betting on games, and the league, didn't they levy a, a huge suspension a, for him? A one-year suspension. Yeah, a which, whole year for gambling. I mean... Yeah, and I think we, we say it like that because we kind of don't expect the NFL to give him a suspend give Deshaun Watson a suspension that is that long yeah, I mean maybe absolutely not. maybe with this report now that the number uh you know the number 66 uh we should mention for you know just to clarify things that I believe there were 15 of those 66 who said that they had no sort of negative experience with him but even then that puts the number at 51, 51 you do yeah, the math that's a lot. there so that's a lot of complaints you know it really yeah so i think we, just the nfl has shown that when it comes to matters in this sort of um range in this sort of background that if they can get you to if they can get the story to die down and get people to stop talking about it they'll just let a player as good as deshaun watson just keep on going in the nfl because they know that enough people will still want to you know buy the jersey uh the team will be better because he's a really good quarterback see the game yeah yeah they know that they if they can do the calculus and say there will be the number of people who will stop you know spending their money on the nfl is low enough to where it's not going to matter to their bottom line they would rather just take the benefit of keeping a, a player as good as deshaun watson in the league yeah yeah and again i'm not I'm not taking this stance because I'm a Ravens fan and I don't want to play against Deshaun right. Watson twice a year. <laughs> it's just from a it's a human decency standpoint. Yeah, like the guy is a scumbag. He's clearly a bad dude who has this predatory behavior and this has I mean credibly been reported for quite some time now and I just can't in good conscience say that he should be the starting quarterback for the Browns who not only is it, again, it's still not determined what his suspension or if he gets suspended is going to be. 
but he also got a fully guaranteed contract extension in the offseason for $230 million. He sure did. That's unbelievable. How I mean, I, I, I'm ashamed that the Browns are acting with this kind of willful ignorance, too. They're just pushing all this under the rug, and they're not paying any attention to it right now. I don't know. I'm, it, it doesn't sit well with me that this is still going on and that nothing has really been resolved, and the NFL still hasn't definitively said whether he's going to face any punishment or not. Yep, and apparently the Texans and perhaps the NFL itself may be added to the uh, list of uh, they might have been complicit. Was, yeah. Uh, the, there was this part of the New York Times story was that Deshaun Watson was receiving these uh, non disclosure agreements from members. From of, the team. From the yeah. team security to give to these That's massage huge. therapists. Yeah. And I believe the Tony Busby, the attorney representing the uh, alleged victims of Deshaun Watson, has said that he's going to be adding the Houston Texans to, the li- uh, to who they are suing for damages. Yeah. Uh, and when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, I mean, it's essentially you either found out all this information and didn't care, or you didn't care to go and find and f- go and care enough to go and find it out. Which I think is funny, too, because they said they conducted their own internal investigation of the situation and didn't find any red flags, which, you know, either you didn't do your research very carefully or you just chose to you just, exclude some things. You, you just know. choose not to care yeah. more than like more likely than not. So anyway, just a it's a depressing story because there are a lot of people who are involved in this and none of it is good. And there are a lot of people's lives who are going to, without a doubt, be changed forever, whatever yeah. the, the outcome of this case is. And so there is a, a one more thing here because there are some a lot of people out there who will maintain well Deshaun Watson was cleared of criminal charges. We can't say that he did anything. He wasn't wrong. cleared. The state of Texas declined to charge him. Uh, yeah. So uh, people will take that as a sign of innocence when you know the criminal and civil justice systems work very differently. Where oh, criminal yeah. criminal cases have to you have to be char- guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Where it, essentially. Uh, it's very hard. There has to be very hard evidence of guilt to be charged with something and be, you know, prosecuted and, you know, found guilty. Yeah. And essentially, this is a. I mean, unless we find out more information, it's it's a he said she said situation. Right. But when you have, when the he is one person and the the she is fifty one other people. <laughs> uh, I know which sides odds are against you. Yeah, yeah, the odds are against you. I know which one that I find more believable. So yeah. Well. That's the latest news on the Deshaun Watson story, and uh, if there's anything else that comes out, then we'll we'll keep you updated on it. But now let's switch gears and uh, talk about the Denver Broncos. They were in the news recently because they were recently purchased by the Walton family, who, if you don't know them, they are the uh, they're the people behind Walmart, and they bought the Broncos for a record price of four point six five billion dollars, and I think the the sale and the transfer is official so uh walmart owns the broncos now that's pretty that's a pretty steep price for a for a franchise it is and i believe that's gonna like definitely make them the richest nfl owners uh by a wide margin i would have to believe uh unless jeff bezos is going to get in the game and try to get the washington commanders here soon i think that's going to stay the case uh, for a while it's interesting because in the nfl i believe how rich your owner is matters less than it does in say major league baseball or the nba because in the nba 
there are some owners who don't want to go into the luxury tax, right. and that comes that money comes out of their pockets. Where there are teams like the Warriors and Joe Lacob, who is like, we will pay the luxury tax because I have a lot of money. I'm a billionaire. Right. I'll, I'll go. I'll pay the repeater tax for the for the luxury tax. And then you have Major League Baseball, where it is essentially all about. How, how much, much the owners want to spend. How much the owners willing to spend. We see with the Orioles. The Orioles, Peter Angelos has long been unwilling to spend much money, and the team has uh, reflected it in their record, whereas the NFL is a hard salary cap league, so the owner's wealth itself doesn't matter quite as much. So, But it is still very interesting to see the, the people behind Walmart buying an NFL franchise. Yeah, so... Who knows? They might be one of the uh, the it teams in the NFL if they they've got some capital behind them and they've Russell got Wilson. Russell Wilson now, who they just traded for. They've got some nice young offensive pieces. Their defense looks pretty good too. Uh, who knows? They might be a trendy playoff pick this year. So they might be. That's a, a something to keep an eye on. And now, finally, to wrap things up here on this segment, Cooper Cup gets a three year extension from the LA Rams. Uh, I believe it was valued at around eighty million dollars for him who is the uh, defending Super Bowl MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL. So I think that contract extension is pretty uh, well-earned, I think. Wouldn't you agree? I would say so. I think it's he was arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL this year, and especially when it came to the playoffs, when they rolled around, he was, he was dominant, crucial yeah. and dom- yeah, dominant and crucial to them winning that Super Bowl because I mean Matthew Stafford could go to him in a pinch and that he, final drive was all Stafford and Cup pretty much that final game yep. of the the final drive of the game in the in the Super Bowl was uh, Stafford to Cup a bunch of different times and the winning touchdown so yeah big uh, big deal there for Cooper Cup he gets uh, a contract worth his services and um, that's all the NFL news we got for you today so that will take us to our final segment of the sports mix today this segment was brought to you by parsons ford ken parsons ford in martinsburg we became number one by making you number one first go to parsonsford.com for more and on the other side of this break to conclude today's show we'll get to a lot of different topics uh the liv golf i don't i don't really even know what's going on there but there's some interesting relations going on with the pga we'll talk about that Plus, the NHL playoffs are back tonight. Eastern Conference Finals Game 5 is underway. And some managers named Joe recently lost their jobs. We'll talk about all of that next on the Sports Mix. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons goal of financing for all. And Parsons famous above market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun. It comes from knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood helps you build your safety skills with a variety of courses taught by NRA certified instructors. Sign up now for the Saturday, June 11, Basic Fundamentals of Shooting a Handgun course. This class qualifies the student for a West Virginia concealed carry permit. No prerequisite courses are required to take this class. To register today and find out more, visit ValleyGuns2.com. That's ValleyGuns2.com. 
What do you get when the longest, hardest, widest runway in the state of West Virginia is asked to host the 250th birthday of Berkeley County? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness an afternoon of fun, music, and finish with the largest fireworks show worthy of a 250-year-old. Visit Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport on Sunday, July 3rd with gates opening at 2.50 p.m., of course. We'll have food trucks, libation, and something for all ages as we celebrate Berkeley 250. Go to berkeleywv250.com and click on events to get the full lineup of fun. Life can get in the way these days. We all know that. Work commitments, social commitments, volunteer commitments, family commitments. You put your heart into all of it. You've got enough to worry about already. Your roof shouldn't be one of those things. Everything should just work. But when your roof is in need of an upgrade, you shouldn't have to worry about that either. Modern Renovations, your four-state roofing solution. Reminding you that home is where the heart really is. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix today on June 9th, 2022. And your final segment is brought to you by the Mirius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Avery Newport, Dylan Bishop here with you this Thursday afternoon here to wrap things up on the show. We've got a couple interesting topics to talk about real quick. The uh, This new golf tournament this new players uh, would you even know what the liv golf is (laughs) i don't really know how to describe it it's like it's a rival to the pga is that correct so is as far as i know something like that and i believe without knowing the specifics it it is backed up by saudi arabian money uh something to do with i don't know if this has come straight from the saudi arabian government but it is has been a prerogative of the saudi arabian government to get more involved in recreation and entertainment uh things like this they have been uh shelling out uh something like 50 50 to 100 million dollars a year to wwe to get shows over there wrestling shows over there that's been happening for the last few years and so it wouldn't surprise me if this is an initiative on the government itself but it has some sort of connection to the saudi arabian government and should mention that we've been calling it the liv but i found out actually just this morning that it's roman numerals it's It's 54 54 because 54 on a par 72 course uh if you were to birdie every hole on a par 72 you would get a score of 54 54. there you go so that apparently is why it is uh, referred to that name so not the liv that we've been saying on the show here uh, for a bit not live yes (laughs) (laughs) it's 54 well uh the 17 former pga players that joined 54 were recently suspended by the pga for for this defection right yeah, so this this includes uh, Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson. Kevin Na, I think, is in that group. Yeah, so they just this morning it was announced that the PGA is suspending these players from all PGA events. I believe it was assumed beforehand that there were some PGA events that they would be able to take part in, but now it appears that that won't be the case. So very interesting. Uh, I suppose that's the ramifications behind uh, 
going and joining another another golf league here i guess you could compare it to perhaps the nfl suspending players for trying to play in the usfl or yeah. something like that so yeah so uh very interesting situation to keep an eye out on uh what happens there or if, even if this thing is going to last i mean i don't really know that much about it other than it's backed by uh foreign money so very interesting to to see this happening with with some pretty notable players that are that are leaving from the pga to go to this new group that's um certainly an interesting development so we'll keep an eye out on that we'll we'll keep everybody updated if there's any more news about this budding feud between 54 and the pga now let's talk some uh some hockey news today the stanley cup playoffs are back uh of course the Avalanche have already clinched their berth in the Stanley Cup Final, so there hasn't been a, a, de- a game in a couple days. But uh, the Eastern Conference Finals back in action tonight. Game 5 between the Rangers and Lightning is tonight. That series is tied at 2. And uh, to anybody's series at this point, of course, the Lightning have the more experienced team given that they've won the last two Stanley Cups. And uh, they just swept the President's Trophy winners, the Florida Panthers, in the last round. So they uh, they're they're certainly one of the hotter teams in hockey right now. But the Rangers, they uh, they beat Carolina in seven games in the semifinals, and uh, this series is I think it's living up to its billing. These are two really talented, really good teams that are, are playing a good series so far. So game five is tonight. That's a pivotal game, as we know as NBA fans. Game five can really set the tone for a playoff series. Most of the time, teams that win a game five tend to win that series. So. Very important game tonight in hockey. And then to uh, wrap things up, Joe Madden and Joe Girardi, two Major League Baseball managers, I should say former Major League Baseball managers, as they both lost their jobs this week. Madden was recently fired by the Angels. Girardi was fired by the Phillies a couple of days ago. And uh, I think those were both pretty justifiable firings, given that the the Angels are on a 14-game losing streak currently uh, that was... I think 12 games when Madden was fired. So they've lost their last two. And uh, the Phillies were were pretty underwhelming this year. They had some high expectations. Bryce Harper, they've got some some solid players on the team, a good pitching rotation too. Uh, Aaron Nola, uh, uh, Zach uh, Wheeler, Zach Wheeler was escaping me for whatever reason. But uh, they've underwhelmed. And I think um, Girardi had to fall on the sword for that. Yep, and when it comes to Joe Madden, I I just find baseball such a fascinating game when it comes to you can have a team like the Angels where you probably have the two best players in baseball, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, and they've consistently not made the playoffs. Yeah. And it's just an incredible because a one batter in your lineup is one-ninth of your offense and one starting pitcher is at most 20% of your pitching. So, it's just a fascinating game, but a still uh, you got to get more out of a team like that, especially with uh, another guy like Anthony Rendon in the lineup. Yeah. So, I mean, Mike Trout is I, almost past his prime, dare I say. I mean, the guy is in his 30s now, right? Like, he's 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 pushing it. And I don't know if he's going to have that many more opportunities to make the playoffs and try and win a World Series. The Angels spend. They spend like a top team does, but they don't win like a top team does. Nope. So, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a problem, and Madden had to pay the price. But um, that'll do it for today edition of the sports mix with dylan avery thank you all so much for listening today spencer nick and colin will all be back tomorrow for the show i'm assuming we'll be back too i believe so it'll be a five-man booth again 
but yeah, great show today, Dylan. Thanks for, for being my co-host. Yep, and thank you for helming the board over there. All right. Well, this has been the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Uh, for Dylan Bishop, my name is Avery Newport. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Spencer, Nick, and Colin will all be back tomorrow, and we will talk to you then at 12.08.